Welcome back, everybody, to The Talk Shop Season 6, Episode 12. Can you believe Getting up it? there. We've survived this long. This is a very spooky episode. <laughs> That's true. Because this is going to come out, let me check the calendar, uh, two days after Halloween. So, I hope you're in a spooky mood. Why would you be spooky after weekend. Halloween? It would, because this should be like a this should be like a turkey episode. Sound. It should be like a I don't know fat episode. No, <laughs> like, <laughs> we can be spooky because it's, it's pre Halloween right now. It's the twenty seventh when yes. we're recording this. So we're recording it this sufficiently. So early. we could be we we we're like building up to the spooky. Then then uh, on Halloween there's the spooky. The I'm trying to combine the word spooky and ejaculation, and I don't know spookulation. Yeah, that's but spookulation doesn't sound at all like ejaculation. Spoojaculation. Spooja- Spoojaculation. <laughs> all right. Creepjaculation. Now we're getting somewhere. Creepjack. What about the Spluejack o' Lantern? Spluejack. <laughs> Spluejack. Anyway, sounds you get like what a detective, like an eighties detective. What I'm saying is that Halloween is damn an it, orga- Spluejack. <laughs> you can't just go into a children's home and shoot it up the place. <laughs> I, I have a, I have a. I have a seasonal confession, okay? I know okay. it's right. like a basic bitch thing. It's like the internet's favorite thing to hate on. I don't pumpkin care. Pumpkin spice? I'm a whore for pumpkin spice. Oh. You like pumpkin spice? Do you have Ugg boots too? Hell you fucking yeah. fairy? As much, as much as I can get, dude, on everything. Hell yeah. That's okay, dude. I don't, I don't see why we would judge you for that. Listen here. All right. Some of us are men, and mm-hmm. some of us are strong, and some of us love pleasuring women. And accomplishing great things in our lives. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then there's you. And you are doing... <laughs> you are doing your best, pal. And Guilty as charged. Guzzle that, that soy milk taste, spice buddy. And there's nothing... Here's what I'm trying to say to you, Corey. Honestly, yeah. swear to God. Deepest sincerity, okay? There's nothing wrong with fifth place. <laughs> Pumpkin spice latte, the the drink for <laughs> the fifth, losers. The fifth I actually, place of beverages. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> that should be their motto. Who would argue with that? Who, That's just who true. Would like, it's fifth place beverage. No, here's the deal. I don't like. I don't like anything like. I don't like pumpkin flavored things. I just don't like the flavor of pumpkin. I don't like pumpkin pie. Well, here's the thing, Sam. I'm gonna blow your mind right now. Even pumpkin right. pie. What do you eat on listen, Thanksgiving? Listen, listen. Pecan pie, gonna, my guy. Maybe, may, maybe both of you don't based. understand this. But I'm going to lay it on the line for you. Okay. Pumpkin spice doesn't actually have the flavor of pumpkin in it. True. Yeah, it's just made up. It's nutmeg, I don't know, allspice, and something else. It's the spice you put on pumpkin shit. The flavor of pumpkin is in no way in pumpkin spice. It's the spices for pumpkin. Oh, okay. So, Which is why it's a know. sham that I can't get pumpkin so, spice everything will, at, at all times of year. <laughs> It's very li- funny that you bring this up, though, because uh, have you guys heard of Black Rifle Coffee Company? Yes. Yes. By sheer, you know, they're the big patriotic American owned by veterans for veterans. They, they do a lot of good, so I'm not going to, like, hate on Black Rifle Coffee Company. But they do try really hard to be that macho Randy Man Savage kind of like, we're testosterone coffee, you know what I mean? Yeah. They released their, uh, their pumpkin spice flavor, and w- instead of, like, you know, pumpkin spice, it's called the headless horseman cometh. <laughs> on your titties yeah it's like the headless horseman special 
And then in the comments, it's just like, I love the Headless Horseman pumpkin spice. And I'm like, oh, my God, bunch of basic bitches in here. Dude, they, they I, I got to say, they got them. the like the <laughs> marketing, hy- the hyper masculine, like male version of normal products is so cringe. Oh, it's always so good, man. It's wait, hang on. So I, I, wait, hang on. I got to make sure I'm just Googling this quick. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay. I'm going to post an image in the chat. I remember <laughs> they made uh, like ass wipes for men and they called them dude wipes. <laughs> They're in the chat. <laughs> Women can't oh, use yes, that shit. On the go. This is like for the this, shitting while you're walking. Yeah, like to, I, I to think the it's, battlefield. It's funny. They're funniest on like hygiene products. So like, and you know, oh, yeah. you know, these like, cost like soaps. twice as much too. So, yeah, yeah. So yeah. like, there's like the soaps and shampoos and whatever. There's like they, everybody's trying to do the axe thing. I guess. Yeah. I don't know. It's so cringe, dude. You know what bums me out the is thing- like I guarantee you there are like entire battalions of soldiers that were in Afghanistan literally. To- Killing farmers and wiping the blood off with dude wipes. Because they didn't want to be seen with. I promise you. I promise you they were doing it with dude wipes. The, and they're like, the only, pass me a dude wipe, bro. The only male product I can get behind is the shampoo. Like the nine-in-one shampoo. Yeah. That's like well, gasoline, that's turpentine, yeah, that's efficiency. conditioner, shampoo, shaving cream. And in my opinion, like, that is that is the only the true difference. Like if this dude wipe... Um, like also came like lubed up so I could like here's here's what a dude wipe should be. It should be half lube, half cleaning solution, so that you can jerk off, finish on it, it absorbs everything, and is a one and done throwaway shop. Now that's yeah. a dude wipe. Yeah, that's like a tampon is, for men right there. Some... That, that handles your ejaculate <laughs> in, a, in a clean and tidy way. This is just a this is just an ass wipe, like you said. Yeah, sanitary products, man. It's the dichotomy is so hilarious, and it's always the same thing. The feminine stuff is in like pastel colors. Like it'll be like a light green or something. Like a cyan, like, yeah. And it'll be like delicious acai flowers, pomegranate flowers mixture. It. And then the dude one will be like fucking big cock uh, <laughs> mermaid fucker uh, <laughs> formula. Astral black pine forest. And then you read the back of the bottle and they have the exact same ingredients. Yeah, yeah. that's accurate. That's accurate as hell. Even though I have to, I have to be honest. I would buy unicorn fucker sh- like body wash. I would do that. I don't know. Scented with real machine gun oil. Yeah. <laughs> Best thing about unicorns is they can't say no. <laughs> you don't. Yeah. Then they start putting stuff like you don't need consent to squirt this bottle. <laughs> they start really appealing to the base, like just leaning into it. Oh man! So I have a quandary. To, to all kick right, this right. off, because this is all our right. spooky well, Is it going to be a school bus style? No, it's not. It's not. It's not. Okay. It's, it's just, I think it'll be a fun little thing. And I promise that I did not prepare mine ahead of time. As a matter of fact, I'm trapping myself in the corners. I'm saying this. I kind of just <laughs> Go on. All right. I love, uh, I've, I've established this pretty well, right? I love 80s horror movies, like Nightmare on Elm Street and all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff. Yeah. The best part of those yep. is always the killer. Like, you really want an iconic killer, right? For sure. And those always are like a, a conglomeration of, of the of a tragic backstory or of all of the worst parts of somebody's personality coming out is, is what's personified in the killer version of them. Right. Like Freddie was yep. a child molester and now he's got knife gloves and he haunts kids in their dreams. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 If you were transformed into a horror icon, an eighties horror icon, what would your gimmick be? And what would be your, like, what would, what would be your trademark way of killing? Oh damn! I'm gonna have to think about this. 
Uh, yeah, we can same. edit out some thinking time. What's I, the think, I don't have an answer. What's the difference between my trademark and my killing method? So, Is like, I guess, I guess, like, so, like, Chucky, he's a doll because, like, he, oh, sure, okay, he's a doll. That's his thing, but he stabs people as his primary way of killing. And like Freddy, his thing is that he haunts people's dreams. Um, but his trademark killing ways is knife glove. You know what I'm sure. saying? Sure. Okay. There's, sure. Yeah. I I have an idea. Okay. Already, I just had to think about it for a second. This is gonna be very specific. You know, I like to mod consoles, bros. You oh, know yeah. that. Oh yeah. One thing that uh, is infuriating is. If you get a vintage controller for like the N64 and you play something like Mario Party, right? Everybody did this trick when they were kids, right? Where you put your palm on the stick to spin it as fast as possible. Mm-hmm. Yep. That's hell. That's hell on that stick because it's like rubber band based. That'll fuck it up and it'll never be the same again. So I would be a poltergeist that if when a kid tried to do that with a vintage nice N64 controller I would possess the console and strangle him with the cord <laughs> from the N6- N64 to death and then they would find him with an N64 cord around his neck and a controller hanging down they would assume he was trying to do the space monkeys <laughs> yeah as long as you were the atomic purple see-through controller I'm totally down with that yeah, yeah exactly <laughs> and it's the same every time yeah you might have a gray one but it turns purple that's how they that's how they know in the movie that you've taken over like it'd be like one of those things in the back. That would be a sick movie, dude. Like set in the early 90s. I swear Johnny only had gray controllers. And like you like one scene they're like they're showing him doing that with the rubber band and and like it's the gray controller and then like it goes somewhere like he hears a noise outside a jump scare and then it turns and the controller's turned atomic purple and everybody in the audience is like ooh. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just strings him up. Yeah, and then at the very kids. end of the movie like when they think they've killed you there's always like that jump scare at the end. It's like a government satellite. Like the one in charge of all the nukes <laughs> in the world, and like it pans over to it, and suddenly it's atomic purple. <laughs> <laughs> My God! And then it just cuts to yeah, black credits just cuts roll. To back. I would watch that movie, man. That would be a good one. All right, now, well, now it's your guys' turn. Uh, what would mine be? I've got two potential ones. We can workshop them. No I worries. think mine would be. Um. Okay, so I'm. Like an omniscient ghost, I I haunt the planet. Okay, all right. Any time, any time, and this would be like literally like hundreds of thousands of people dying every day. Okay. Any time, someone is driving slow in the left lane. <laughs> they <laughs> they their their accelerator gets pinned to the floor, and that's it. That's what I do. I go in. I go in with like a ghost brick, and ghost I just wait. I, I wait on the throttle. <laughs> And then I leave. And they'd be like, well, my Ted never speeded. He never once got a speeding ticket. Is there well, like, we clocked, we clocked be, your husband at be, 110 miles an hour. <laughs> they'd be recalling every car on the road trying to figure out what's going on. Is there like any mercy to it? Like, let's say, like, like is it like the, the family bringing their baby home from, from the hospital for the first time? And they're like afraid of going over bumps? Like, nope. So they're Get, going, that's what the that right lane's for, family. <laughs> Sorry, we have kiddo. we have a special place for you people, and it's right, six to, feet over with, that way. It's should, <laughs> anyone can do it. We have to come up with names for these two. I got to think of. Oh, I know. I was, try, I was honestly, oh. I, I, I've been thinking so hard about what I would call your guys' things, but I still haven't thought of mine. I'm like shaping an idea. One is about public masturbation. The other one's about like just being a nurse. But I'm trying. I don't know which one to go with. 
Okay, I, I had an. I'll tell you my other one if it gives you more time to think. Okay, yeah. Let me actually think about what I'm gonna say. Mine would be. <laughs> okay, has anyone here seen the movie Sunshine? Yeah. You've seen it. Tom? I don't think I've ever seen that movie. Okay, do wait. You... Hang on, Sunshine. What? What's the premise of that movie? Um, I might have it's seen like it. uh, the future, and the sun is like slowly dying out. Uh, and they send a spaceship with some astronauts on it and like a huge giant like neutron bomb to fly into the sun and restart it. So it's kind of like the core, but the sun. Yeah. All right. Yeah, I, th- I, I remember the movie. I never saw it, though. Okay. So mine would be anytime uh, someone disgraces our Lord Jesus Christ by looking at pornography <laughs> on a computer screen, it would be like <laughs> Sam. You, 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 you've seen the movie, so you remember the scenes of the sun, like destroying people. Yeah, like people. when they when they burn their eyes out. And yeah, 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 yeah. It would be like that. The screen would do that to them. <laughs> <laughs> and for people who haven't seen the, it's like, um, the idea is they're flying to the sun, right? So they're pretty close. They're like you know a hundred thousand times closer to it than we ever will be. So like here. On Earth, you look at the sun as like, oh, that's that's really bright. You can barely look at it at all, right? But like there, like a totally unfiltered, the sun just totally destroys shit instantly, right? Like you just get burned to a crisp immediately. It would be that's what would happen to people. <laughs> I don't know what we call that one either. That one probably has funnier name potential. Yeah, I think okay. So I have to I have to rephrase what I said. It shouldn't be the name of the killer. It should be the name of the movie, right? Is that yeah? A that'd better... be good too. Yeah. Okay, sure. So I gotta think if okay, I'm gonna workshop this. If there was a movie about a poltergeist that possesses N64s and strangles kids who palm the controller, what would you name that? Rage movie? Quit. <laughs> that's that's a good. Think retro nightmare or something. I don't know. There's different avenues we could pursue with that. And then for. We could say fast lane. Ready for... player none. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, perfect. We could do fast lane for Corey's. Yeah, Porn yeah, bub. Yeah. Fast lane. Wait, what was it? What was yours? The... Porn bub. <laughs> B- porn bub. <laughs> oh no, we got by the porn bub. Um. Yeah, all right, Sam. What do you got? Man. Um. See, I told you I wasn't lying when I when I came up with this idea, but I didn't come up with a punchline for myself. No worries, we got time. We got nothing but time. Nothing but time. I'm trying to be self depreciating. It's like I have ideas. I have ideas, but they're not particularly funny. And maybe we'll just go with the best one of them. Um, All right. One is uh, um, um, the cattle prod, <laughs> which is uh. Okay. So one of my pet peeves as a nurse is when, and it's something, if you work in healthcare, I promise you've heard it a million times, is when you're going over symptoms with somebody, um, they go, oh, you know, I usually run at 97 degrees, so 98 degrees is actually a fever for me. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. And so what I would do is I would be an apparition that appears in the room, like it'd be like uh, the candy man. And (laughs) anytime anybody says that, I appear in the room behind them with a hot iron prod. (laughs) <laughs> and I shove it up their ass and I cook them from the inside out. <laughs> and so, like, my catchphrase would be, like, you know, Saturday Night Fever. 
too hot to handle. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean? So I'd be kind of like a Freddy Krueger Candyman crossover. All right, on. Now, what's a good movie title? A ghost that shoves a hot brand up your ass if you talk about having abnormal regular body temperatures. Hot nurse. <laughs> hot nurse. Well, you get a lot of Google traffic that way. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's it's provocative. There you go. Sexy nurse costume cheap. Yeah, and I'd run around like actually in like a I'd I'd be in like one of those really cheap sexy nurse costumes, but it'd be me. <laughs> <laughs> but you're holding a hot brand. Yeah, you know, the, the commercial writes itself. It's like a kid jerking off in his room. He's like, I just wish I had a hot nurse. And then like I pop up in the closet. You ready? <laughs> what about? Oh no, I, maybe this. Hey is Billy, you got a fever. I actually just realized how problematic that is because in this scenario, <laughs> I'm in a sexy outfit watching a young boy jerk off. So and then also, <laughs> this is why a hot iron up his ass. Yeah, there might be a little. That this might is, not make it past the censors, I think. This is why you never go with your first edit on any creative project. <laughs> this is why workshopping is so important. It's a rough draft. We can work with that. Yeah, there's a lot of problems with that first draft, but, you know, there's potential in it. <laughs> I see where you're going from, from an artistic perspective. <laughs> what do you want to say about modern society? It's an allegory for the abuse of the modern medical system. <laughs> As I abuse these child ch childrens. <laughs> As I sodomize the children, it's the same way insurance companies are sodomizing the American people. Sam, exactly. this is what that one person was worried about. This is, yeah, this is exactly, <laughs> this is, uh, <laughs> all right. That was fun though. Thanks for, thanks for indulging me. I Hypo, hypoprodria. Yeah. Hypoprodria. That's two deaths. It's like hypochondriac or hypochondria, but with a cattle prod. Yeah. I get, I actually got what you were going for there. I think I'm sticking with hot nurse. Uh, yeah, hot yeah, that's good. Nurse. That's good. Hot nurse for sale. <laughs> <laughs> um, I guess, as a segue, we're going to keep the spooky theme going. I was wondering if y'all had any spooky stories from your experience. Do I have spooky stories? I was thinking about this hard, too, and I can't think of a time outside of being like a kid and being afraid of everything. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know? I, I can't think of anything... Yeah, Any, like, like, like being a kid, explain. like, yeah, I mean, like, being in my own head and, you know, being scared of dumb shit, whatever, that happens all the time. But, like, anything that, like, anything strange that happened that I just have no accounting for, I, nothing on the top of my head, maybe I have to think a little bit. Yeah, I don't know. I, uh, I get scared a lot that my daughter's gonna hurt herself or something, but that's not really, like, it doesn't seem fun, spooky Halloween stuff, you know what yeah. I mean? Uh, as far yeah. as like spooky, spooky experiences, do you like, do you uh, have a ghost story, or do you have, uh, you know, anything you couldn't really explain that happened that might have freaked you out a little bit? I'm just asking. I don't actually don't have an example of this because I'm fearless and I'm a man and I <laughs> conquer all spirits. Before you don't. Me. You don't drink pumpkin spice. <laughs> I don't drink. I don't drink soylent pumpkin spice soy lattes. I'm trying to think like there's definitely like those times where I don't know, maybe this is just me. I'm I'm willing to admit like there's definitely those times when you wake up at like three AM and you're half dreaming, half awake, and you'll remember like, oh man. Like do it do either of you get sleep paralysis? 
No, yes. I haven't. I, I have okay. gotten that before. Sleep yeah. paralysis is pretty terrifying um, if you've yeah. had it. That's a legitimately pretty horrifying experience. I talked about it uh, with my Hollywood friends, Zach Braff and uh, and uh, the black one. <laughs> <laughs> Turk? <laughs> I don't remember what his name is. I'm sorry. The actor? Turk. Yeah, I don't know what his name is. <laughs> Wait, Donald... Donald Glover, Faison. Faison. I knew his yeah, name. Yeah, yeah. I knew his name. His name is Donald Faison. <laughs> I just couldn't pass it up. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> You're out of control. <laughs> no, but sleep paralysis is f- fucked up, man. Like there's, I've had nightmares where I, in my, in the nightmare, I know that I'm dreaming. Right? Yeah. And then. Uh-huh. You're telling yourself, just wake the fuck up. Just get out of this. It's This is all fake. Wake up, wake up. And you can't. Yep. And you're stuck in there. That shit's... Like, I want to just, like, take a sharp saw and just saw out my brain and, like, be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? And then just throw it up. Yeah, <laughs> I would say... Because I, I get it. I get it once every few... I get, like, probably twice a year. It's probably a safe estimate. Uh, it's probably a little bit more than that. Um, it comes out of nowhere. I have not been able to put together any configuration of things that does it, but it's, it's always one of two things, right? It's either like you literally cannot wake up like what you're describing right there, which is an absolutely awful feeling. Um, it really is. Or it's where you're awake and you literally can't move and your brain is still telling you that there's something in the room with you hunting you and maybe you see it, maybe yeah. you just hear it, but there's something in the room that you can't escape from because you can't move. And uh, that is a genuinely inexplicable kind of thing to experience. Uh, It's pretty wild, especially if you're very, very, very convinced down to your animal brain that there is something coming up behind you that's going to like bite you in half or whatever. uh And you cannot even blink or move. And you're just stuck there waiting. Like you, you trick yourself and even like thinking you can feel the breath on the back of your neck or like feel something scratching at you. And there's just not shit you can do about it. That is, that's probably the, the scariest thing I experienced that's not, like, related to my How do you get, daughter. do you just wait that out? What's the, like, what's the end game of sleep paralysis? Uh, so, like, in the version where, I, and Tom's experience might be different, I'd actually be very curious to hear, knowing that he has it, what his is like. In mine, it becomes a cycle that you kind of cycle out of where you can't wake up, can't wake up, then you fake wake up, but you're still in it, then you fake wake up again and you're still in it, and that happens kind of a few times. Until finally you're actually awake. And it feels like a million years. It feels like an hour. It's probably 30 seconds though. But it feels like it goes on forever. And then finally you're actually awake. And then there's like this really fascinating, honestly to a core level fascinating, like deprogramming session where you have to, like it's almost like um, that movie that Christopher Nolan did, uh, Inception. There's like this very mm. weird time where you're like, what is real and what is not? Am I actually awake right now? <laughs> Did I actually get out of that dream? And then five seconds after that, you forget most of what you experienced. So yeah, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. mercy yeah. in that. <laughs> no, yeah. Like the, the thing that gets me or like the thing is I've noticed when I get it is racing thoughts really fast. You're not focusing on any one thing, but you're repeating the same line of thinking over and over and over again in your brain. And then you're just kind of lying there. And it's almost like being in a fugue state, right? Like you're half awake. Where like you can recognize that you're in the room you're in. But you're still having those residual thoughts from the nightmare you were just having. Yeah, yep. 
So it's like hyper paranoid, like insane, detailed. Like that crossover makes it seem like it is real. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, because you are convinced it's real in the moment. And then, like when you fully wake up, when you're you're not in that kind of halfway state, then you're just like, oh, okay. And my trick, and this isn't this isn't a trick. I don't even know why I said that. I just get up, go to the bathroom, turn on the lights, splash my face with water, then go back to bed, and everything's <laughs> a okay. I think a lot of people probably do that. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's you just gotta wake yourself up enough to realize that it's all a figment of your imagination so that you can go back to sleep. But on the nights that you can't do that, <laughs> that's when it's real fucky, and then you're just sitting there in this like, you know, I can't let my arm hang out of the blanket or the guy under the bed's gonna yeah, grab it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the, uh, that, that's what I was gonna say. That's one of the things I love about the human brain so much because we all know the sensation where you turn off like the basement light before you're out of the basement. And you just run up. Or when you get, <laughs> yeah, when you get yeah, like yeah. shampoo in your eye and for a few seconds you can't open your eyes in the shower. And like that primal caveman part of your brain takes over that says, I'm exposed, I'm unsafe, something is going to get me. And like, you can't turn that off. Once that thought enters your head, there's no getting out of it. Like you're going to run up the stairs to get out of the basement back into the light, or you're going to kamikaze yourself into the hot shower water to get your eyes back open (laughs) as soon as you can. And I love that about the human brain, because that's how we survived. I mean, it's just survival. We used to have predators that would get us when we were in that kind of state. And uh, we're way past that now. We're at the top of the food chain now. But I love that little bits of that live on. Like, I will never be ashamed of being freaked out being in a dark basement because my ancestors used to get eaten alive in dark basements. And now that part of my lizard brain lives on and is like, uh-oh, we better get the hell out of here. <laughs> uh, don't want to be like <laughs> those last suckers. Yeah. That's also, as a side note, that's why cats are motherfuckers. Because, at least my cats, what they'll do if all the lights are off, their behavior switches to their like hunting mode, right? Yep. Like oh yeah. The Absolutely. cat thing at night. They that's when they go buck wild and they start Absolutely. running around jumping, doing all kinds of crazy shit. But there was a while where I'd turn off the lights and I'd walk to my room. It's like pitch black except for the light in my room. And the cats would just jump and attack my leg. That shit's terrifying. <laughs> I'm not gonna lie. Just <laughs> from like, nowhere, yeah. Yeah. And all these <laughs> Because they're practicing for an actual hunt, but like to me, it's just like this fucker is like assaulting me in the dark. And all of this is why I actually really love. I I'm a big fan of Halloween. If we're gonna talk about our basic bitch things, like I'm not like the Karen on Facebook who bases her entire personality off of Halloween, but it is like my second favorite holiday. I I love tickling that part of my brain that likes to be scared. It's why I love horror movies. I love dark and twisted shit. I think it's it's like. I, I don't know if this is a unique way to look at it or not, but I think it's so much fun to like exercise that survival mentality that helped our species evolve to create the fuck stain that is me. I think it's so much fun to go back and like remember the parts of our ancestry that had to fight the cave bear and tickle it with a scary movie or yeah. whatever. Like I, I get a huge kick out of that. I, I really enjoy that sensation in a controlled environment. Obviously, once it gets out of that, you know, like the 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 most fun you can have on Halloween like is to go to like say a haunted house or a haunted ship, right? They're never scary. They're never scary. They're yeah. goofy uh spirit Halloween level scares, right? But if you can let your brain accept the reality that a serial killer could hide in one of those places and get away with murder, 
very easily. And any of the people dressed up as goofy, silly, not really scary things could at any point snap and actually stab you and hide your body for days and nobody would know. Then it gets fun. You get this, that little kick of adrenaline because the odds are very low. It's a very safe and controlled environment. Yeah. But you've heightened yourself just to that perfect equilibrium where you're just a little scared. And that is where I love to live at this time of year. That is such a fun place to be. Did that make any sense or is that just Yeah, me? no, no. Perfectly. Like, um, the horror <laughs> movies I always find myself enjoying the most are the unsettling one where it's not outright like, gore and this guy's jumping out of lockers at you kind yeah. of sh- stuff it's yeah. the things that like make you think at the end where you're like this is that's actually fucking creepy as shit did you watch like, midsomar i have not watched that yet but that's from the same lineage of which i'm kind of referring to is like hereditary yeah. Yeah. and the witch yeah the end of yeah. the witch is like creepy as hell oh it absolutely is. I, that's one I, of the scariest and, endings to a movie i think i've seen i think it's i like so more I think I more I like more like thrillers than horror movies. Sure. Cuz I like Back to Sunshine, that's a good example. That's I would say that's kind of a horror movie. Not really. It's like on the edge between thriller and horror. I really liked um uh, you were getting into Warhammer Tom. We talked about uh Event Horizon. I like yeah. that oh, movie I love a lot. Event Horizon. That movie There's some gore in that movie, but it's not like it's not like a the gore premise movie, is the scary you know? thing. It's like a, it's like an eldritch horror kind of thing. I I like I love that. Eldritch I like that horror. a lot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. love that stuff. Yeah, that's that something HP beyond human style comprehension. Yeah, yeah. That's, that's my jam. that's the stuff that's that really gets me. Stuff. Yeah, yeah. Demon possession kind of it it itches it scratches that a little bit too because especially being raised religious, there's always that part of you that's like, yeah, at any time a demon could come and possess me and make me murder a bunch of people or whatever. So that's mm-hmm. always a little bit fun if it's done well. Oh, one of the things that session. super fucked me up. Do you remember the um, the Black Mirror Christmas special, the John Hamm one? Oh yeah, absolutely. That, that is, me up. Yeah, that's terrifying. Yeah, shit like that is real scary. I like stuff like that too. Um, I like everything. Like I, I really enjoy like the classic slasher movies, not for a scare, but just because I think. I don't know. They got a charm to them. I always worry about sounding pretentious, but I'm just gonna. I, People have been listening to this for like five years at this point. So you know what you're getting. You bought the ticket. So here we go. I really like celebrating that really twisted and demented part that every person has, but tries to pretend that they don't. And the people that make those, the people that make those (laughs) horror movies, the people that make like Nightmare on Elm Street, they committed themselves to it. They were like, here's, here's what it is, man. I love thinking about like this weird burnt child molester who invades a teenager's dreams and turns them into a puppet by using their veins as strings and then makes them commit suicide by jumping off a building. <laughs> and not only did that get made, not only is that a real scene, but like like enough super people loved success- it that it became yeah. like a cult classic. And that makes me feel a little bit more connected to the people next to me. And I think that that is at the core of why we all like to be scared, is that we all love that feeling of finding comfort in each other. And I think that, that that's the two pieces. And it leads perfectly into the rest of the holidays. Because right after Halloween, after we get a little scared, we have Thanksgiving, which is all about family, and then Christmas, where we celebrate the act of giving and, and camaraderie. And, and our and Lord and Savior, yeah. Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. So oh. I think... So my whole thing is that I love being scared, and then I love finding the comfort in the people. That shared experience in that, one, we're all demented fucks who love watching that kind of stuff. And two, we all love the safety that we find in each other afterwards. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one happy, more... Happy Halloween. One other thing, um, <laughs> Boo. I don't really like. <laughs> Boo! Ah! 
jump scares get me super super hard every time i'm like a sucker for them i never see them coming they destroy <laughs> me okay so yeah. I, <laughs> I'm not. You spill your pumpkin spice all over. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a huge fan of jump scary movies. One because they really seriously get to me, and two, like artistically, I think they're just super cheap. <laughs> yeah, well, it is cheap. <laughs> so, that's yeah, cheap they're, all cheap. they're all cheap. That's so, the cheapest form of horror. So it's just that's like I tend to avoid noise. most. I avoid most horror movies because they just don't really do anything for me. But uh, there are uh, um, as much as it turned into a meme. The first Saw movie is actually really good. Yeah, that one is really good. I was just about to say that Saw is a good counterpoint to all this because I used to love Saw. That used to be my favorite movie franchise. Mm-hmm. And now I like that has no substance. <laughs> That's just like, let's watch people suffer and scream and bleed. And the last time I tried to watch when I was like, this is this isn't it's too much. <laughs> yeah, this is just. Yeah, it's maybe, different maybe when you're an edgy, seen, like, like teenager. Yeah. It's like, hell it's yeah, because but... I've seen like. At this point, I've seen people really die and like go through things like that just in the medical profession, and now it's like it's not really very fun. <laughs> like, you want to play a game? Yeah, I don't know. So there's torture porn does nothing for me anymore. I used to be, and I think I was trying to be an edge lord back in the day. I used to really like I love this shit, and now I'm like, eh, that's the stuff that I more avoid. But if it's goofy, like the '80s horror, like Nightmare on Elm Street, which is I've... I love uh, Hellraiser and Nightmare on Elm Street are my two favorite series. I think there's something um, to that, uh, like the getting older. Th- I remember, um, you know, just on the internet or whatever, you, there's like, you know, a video of some guy wiping out on a skateboard and you see like his arm snaps, you see like a bone, you know, whatever stuff. There are like people yeah. like, uh, you know, like a, uh, like a replay like of getting a, his head sawed off. Yeah, not that extreme, that but like, you know, like a replay <laughs> of like a UFC fight or like a, a yeah. football game where like somebody like you see like their ankle break or, you know, whatever. I remember that stuff used to like not register at all and be like oh haha or oh whatever oh that sucks but now seeing that shit even though i've never really had an experience like that so it's not like a like a like a straight like sympathy or i'm having like a flashback to or whatever now i see stuff like that it's like you, you recoil it's like oh god i i i don't know what changed except that i just got older i think i think there's something to that i think empathy yeah. and maturity I, I think they go hand in hand the more you can look outside yourself, the more you can actually register that other people have feelings that are as deep and intense as yours, and then seeing them in pain. Wrong. I'm only I'm the only real person. You're all just projections of my mind. I mean, <laughs> I keeping me busy. I'm real. I cannot prove that I'm real. That's true. <laughs> you might be in your John Ham uh, projection all your own, living the same day over and over again. You'd never know. It's a really long you know day. <laughs> yeah. You know what the most, actually, unironically, one of the most unsettling shows I've ever watched is the Twilight Zone, the original Twilight Zone. Oh, that's because they were actually, yeah, they that had some bad. fucked yeah, up they had stuff. Some great stuff. There were some episodes where I was like, "That is creepy. Yeah. That is creepy as hell." Dude, I used to, and I. It happens, you know, everything that you saw as a kid, you like more. But I used to stay up really late to watch the original Twilight Zone on TV or and... the Outer Limits. Dude, the Outer just... Limits. The Outer Limits was like the more pop version of it. It was a little bit more like snappy and in your face but they still had some really good episodes i just had a flashback to uh, i don't know how old i was was probably like 10 or 11 or something the twilight zone movie do you remember the guy on the plane with the fucking goblin like ripping parts of captain kirk that was the first episode of of the twilight zone the real show was it oh i thought that was from the movie no the first episode of twilight zone is the one where the guy goes to the town but there's nobody there and he's trying to figure out what the hell's going on and oh really well there's the episode of there's the goblin on the plane is an early one isn't it maybe maybe they remade it or something 
I don't know. They used it again in the movie, probably. Yeah, but it was oh, definitely an episode and an early one. And yeah, it was one of I, the most famous ones. Yeah, I saw it in the movie. Like, uh, uh, it was like on like cable or whatever. I was watching it. I remember that scaring the shit out of me. You know, speaking. Of the <laughs> I don't have any I more content than that. I that was just the like a memory version of that movie. Yeah, with the scaring the shit out of me. Yeah, <laughs> school bus with the little goblin on there. You know, you speak of the outer limits. There was one scene that I saw as a kid that terrified the hell out of me. Like I wasn't right for like a week afterward, and it was an outer limits episode. And it was, um, this guy creates a robot. It was like a Pinocchio, like a modern take on Pinocchio. And the robot wants to be human and it's like a little boy. And all it was, was the guy comes home and he taught his little robot boy. I'm getting kind of chills just thinking about it now. Like this is a deep rooted like thing in me. Uh, he taught the little boy how to pet a cat, how to be nice to, to the cat. And he comes in, and I can picture it like it was yesterday. He His eyes get wide, and he drops his keys, and he's gasped. And the little robot tilts his head, and he's just like, Hi, Papa. I love the kitty. And he's petting, and the camera slowly pans down. And he's pet too hard, and he scraped the fur and skin Jesus. and flesh off of this cat. And it's just like the spine and blood, because he's killed the cat basically trying to pet it. Huh. And then it cut to commercial. And that, I got to tell you, that scared the <laughs> hell out of me Damn. as a kid. Something about the idea that something would kill me and not even mean to. And like would be trying to be nice. I don't know. That just hit me hard back in the day. <laughs> that mix of innocent, sweet innocence and actual like terrifying, painful murder. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, like. It's funny to think back on movies that terrified you when you were a kid. And the reason you were scared. And usually it's like something stupid, but like you can't help but shake <laughs> you know, the feeling that you're still slightly scared of it. <laughs> you know what? Yeah. Uh, like the first like really vivid nightmares I remember getting when I was a kid. It was from the Inspector Gadget movie. <laughs> <laughs> really? Uh, I don't, go, go, Gadget? I don't remember what it was from specific. I just remember that movie fucking me up. I don't know. I was, I don't know. I the, was like the first movie. A really little I kid. remember. First movie I remember fucking me up was um, what the hell is that called? The Flying Dog. And there's a kid that rides on his back. Oh, the Neverending Story. story. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. that movie had some weird stuff in it. Yeah. yeah, it was just the imagery. It wasn't like the story wasn't scary. It's kind of like a, like a heartwarming tale. It's no, like it's just the, the puppets trying to be cute. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's just like Jesus Christ, that was awful. <laughs> I just want to reprimand myself. I just did the most northern thing ever, and I hate myself for it because it's actually a pet peeve of mine. I called a movie a show, and I want you all to know that I'm going to flagellate myself because I absolutely hate it when you're talking to someone and they're like, oh, The Matrix, I love that show. That drives me nuts. The NeverEnding Story (laughs) is a movie. It is a film, (laughs) and I am aware of that. A A show is a 30-minute thing that you watch on television, sometimes an hour. And they are very different. And I promise I'm going to remove my pound of flesh later for that error. And I will never Excellent. forgive myself. Good, good, good. Well, we're telling creepy stories. Though. Do you want to hear like an actual creepy story? Sure. Like, that's sure. something that happened to me. That, it's not like ghost scary, but it's it's creepy. One of the, the worst situations I've ever been in. And then yeah. you can decide if you want to keep it in or not. Because it'll either be unsettling and kind of good and, and reveal some real world creepy things that happen every day. Or it'll be heavy and we can remove it from an episode for spook so you can make that decision later so the scariest situation i think i've ever genuinely been in as a person was when i was in a teen i was a teenager and i was between 16 and 17 years old i was in that age frame my mom had left my dad 
and my dad had tried to instill some real law and order in the house and exactly what he should have been doing. Um, unfortunately, he and I had no idea how to communicate, so I moved out. Um, I ended up moving in with a, uh, a good friend and his family uh, that pretty much let me do whatever I want um, all the time. And I lived there, and I paid rent, and I finished school, and I ended up moving in with my brother-in-law and sister down the road. But there was this really interesting year plus of my life where I lived in this. I slept on the floor of, of my buddy's room and pretty much did whatever I wanted. I went to work at Culver's, and I went to school, and I was in my little punk rock band, and I really did pretty much whatever I wanted otherwise. Um, in this house, in this family, there was this trucker. And this trucker would come around. This is all very true, by the way. I want you to know this is not like a joke or a punchline. This is <laughs> okay. not something that really happened. This is all a very true story. I want you to know that so when you're listening to it, this this really happened. All of this. There was this trucker guy, and he would come around, and he would bring groceries, and he would um, he was really nice. He would joke around. He would bring candy. You know, it was a, it was a big family. My buddy's family was really big, so um, he would give them candy. He would hang out with them, and um, everybody trusted him a lot and he ended up hanging out with me and my buddy every once in a while. We kind of talk and joke around. He was really into serial killers and stuff like that. And I, you know, remember this is back. Perfect example of when I was trying to be an edgelord, like when I liked this, the soft films, I think that's kind of what triggered this memory. Um, all of a sudden and trying to think of like a creepy thing that I'd been through. And so me being like, well, I like soft films and I think serial killers are cool. I like started trying to connect with them. I felt like, I think in hindsight, I was at such a weird point in my life. And I was like trying to, I don't know, maybe not even prove how tough I was, but maybe just kind of like, if I was really messed up and dark, then nothing could hurt me. Does that make sense? Sure. Mm -hmm. And he was like a good way to prove how dark and nasty I could be. He was like a, a testing ground because I was a pretty, oh boy, kid. Like I didn't do drugs or drink or anything. And he like opened this window to this other world. Um, so I started hanging out with him a little bit. And, uh, he was a pretty messed up dude. Like he loved talking about, like, we'd be driving somewhere and he'd be like, I want to pull over and slit this cow's throat. And I'd be like, Oh yeah, that'd be really cool. And in my head, I'd be like, I hope we don't do that. <laughs> Please no. Yeah. I really don't feel like doing that. And there's a lot of red flags to this. This guy really liked hanging out with me. He was probably in his mid thirties or forties and I was, you know, 16 or 17. And one day we were driving at night and he's like, I think it's time for you to come to the sauna. Uh oh. Oh, good Lord. <laughs> and again, me trying to be like this edgelord uh, dude who was trying to prove something to the world was like, oh yeah, let's go to the sauna. So his sauna was you, way out there. Real quick. Yeah. I think you mean sauna. Sauna. Oh no. Sorry. It's Here a sauna. Go. It's a sauna. <laughs> it's sauna. It's cool whip. It's sauna. It's a flag. It's not a flag. It's a boat. It's not a boat. Is it a roof or a roof? What a boat. It's a film. It's not a show. <laughs> um, it's a beer, not a pumpkin spice latte. Uh, True. <laughs> anyway, it's, uh, that was four. I've broken my rule of three. Um, the sauna. And so we drove out, and I remember it was really late at night. It was like 11 p.m., and by the time we got there, it was maybe 1 a.m. And we go into this sauna, and uh, here's another thing you need to know about Innocent Sam. I was very aware of that like homosexuality and like gayness existed. But what you have to understand about the early thousands is that it was an insult and nobody took it seriously. It was a punchline. 
Um, so like when Eminem would rap about, oh, two guys kissing, and you, we'd all be like, ha ha ha, imagine that. And especially in a conservative Christian family, like it never occurred to me that there were human beings that actually took pleasure from the same sex. Like that was something that I could not comprehend because again, we're very shut into ourselves. And if you know anything about me, you know that I love them titties. So I could never understand (laughs) how you wouldn't like, this isn't me saying, oh, I'm so straight. I can't possibly understand what it's like to be gay this is me saying that back in the time frame of a, of a young teenager it was so beyond my peripheral understanding that there would be people that would actually be gay that it just would never occur to me that i would be with somebody like that so when he said there was no clothes in the sauna i was like oh it's a male bonding experience yeah i'll get naked in the sauna um this is when we were in there and we were talking we were joking we were kind of doing the pushing and everything like that and he starts saying um Hey, you know what's crazy is that there's this song, and anytime somebody sings it, I get a boner, and I just can't help it. Oh, oh God. no! So, and I and and this is why I bring up the fact that I couldn't understand homosexuality because when you tell that to a young boy who doesn't have any curiosity in that way, he's gonna take that as a warning. <laughs> and so I think he was very frustrated because instead of being like that'd be funny to see, which was very clearly what he was trying to bait mm-hmm. me into. I was like, oh, good. Well, I won't sing that then. <laughs> I was like, thanks for the heads bro, up. Now bro, I know what oh, not to do. That's, that's yeah. a hard pass for me. So we started getting really... Do you remember what the song really was? Aggressive. It doesn't matter, but... It was a country song. Okay. I want to say it was that No Horizon... Um, what's that? She's everything you want. And is that what it is? I have no idea. I don't, everything I don't know. inside of you that you wish you could be. Maybe it was that. I don't know. It was a country song. That's the one thing I can say for absolute truth. Mm-hmm. And he starts getting really aggressive and he starts kind of cornering me. He's just like, no, you know, if people sing this. I just can't get a boner. I, I just can't help it. I get a boner. And I was like, yeah, man, that's why I'm not singing it. <laughs> Come on, dude. Chill out. Yeah, that's why I, I get you it. You don't have like, to don't, worry about me. I'm yeah, not like, singing it. Like, don't worry, dude. I'm not going to sing that. I, you know, I get it, man. Thanks for the warning. You're, you're safe. I'm not going to do that to you. <laughs> so at some point he was like, no, I need you to sing this song. So that I can show you my trick. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, all right. All right. <laughs> Jesus Christ. And at that point, I was just like, mm, you know, this is a trick that I really don't want to see. Like, I don't get that. You know, getting a boner isn't really a trick that I need to see. And now this is where I honestly have to tell you that I cannot remember how this story ends. Um, there's two possibilities here. Either A, I've exaggerated a lot of this and I just and my brain stops the reel and I can't tell you exactly how it ended or two i've blocked out some things to protect myself which is totally a possibility let's face it this was a very rapey situation uh to my knowledge though i don't think that i was molested to my knowledge i think that i just frustrated him until he gave up and we got back in the car and went home but for the record i think that's the worst situation that i've ever been in because i was a young unlisted boy with no family living in a place with people who didn't really know where i was coming or going with a guy who loved and glorified serial killers who would pull over and slit the throats of animals on the side of the road. And he was trying to goad me into a situation where he could molest me. And then who knows what he would have done with me after that. And that is truly scary because (laughs) I had no appreciation for the scenario at the time. Sure. Yeah. Jeepers. Age Christmas. Yeah. That's so I look shit. back on that sometimes. I look back on that sometimes and I'm like, yeah, that was scary. How did, how did that end? (laughs) That's what I'm saying. Like, uh, he eventually, so it turned out, uh, I don't want to spell out too much. I don't want to put other people's business out there. Sure, sure. Uh, here's what I'll do. 
<laughs> there is another podcast. Give me one second. That talks about this there's, guy? Yes. There is another podcast. There is a person who has come forward and told his story here. And I'm always happy to throw him some traffic. I think it's called Meant for Evil or something. He hasn't posted an episode in a while. Sorry, I wasn't planning on linking to this, but as I was going to start giving details, I realized that they're really not my details to give. Sure. And that if you're interested in hearing more, you should go and... Yeah, Meant for Evil. Look up the Meant for Evil podcast. I think there's three episodes of it. Um, it's this individual who's... I'm not even going to put his name out there because I wouldn't want that. But look up Meant for Evil, M-E-A-N-T-F-O-R-E-V-I-L podcast. It's a picture of like some wood and it says Meant for Evil on it. And I think that oh, if you want to know more about what happened there, you should listen to that. He does not mention me at all. We are not associated. We haven't collaborated on it. Um. But that's his story to tell, and, and I think that it's a good story. And, so uh, is this regarding the same individual? This is regarding the same individual, yes. Okay. Is it featuring this individual or about this individual? It's about that individual. Okay. About, uh, it's, it's somebody that was living in that same house, and it turned out that we had some similar experiences that went different ways. Shit. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. That's some. That is a spooky Halloween story. Damn. Yeah. So that's my spooky Halloween story. And if you want to leave that in, you can. I mean, I'm. I'm totally like. I'm completely self-centered about it. Like, or no, that's not the right word. Actualized. <laughs> Self-actualized yeah. about it. Um. So it doesn't bother me if you want to keep it in there. If you think it's too heavy for a goofy Halloween episode, I'll understand that too. But you said you wanted a spooky story, and that's the spookiest one I can think you of. Delivered. Sure. Yeah. That's pretty fucking spooky. <laughs> not gonna lie to you. Like. Jesus Christ. I can't imagine being in that situation. I can tell you that at the time I wasn't scared because I really did not understand the gravity of what was going on. If you could picture the most oblivious, idiotic kid (laughs) who does not understand what's happening, you have to understand I was sitting there like literally I could just remember him being like, sing the song and me being like, why would I do that? Like, why would I want to see another man get a boner? Like, why would anybody want that? Yeah, man. I don't even know what to say. That's fucked. That's like so fucked. <laughs> Fuck that guy. Is he alive still? I don't know. All right. Well, hopefully he's dead and burning in hell. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, Jesus Christ. Um, crust in the wind. Crust in the wind. Crust let's do it. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> what a segue. Get right me out of here. <laughs> Get me out of here, Silverstein. <laughs> oh yeah we forgot to yes. say uh last... speaking of the crusty jizz that was almost all over my face here's <laughs> <laughs> uh, last podcast we forgot to intro or uh, uh announce what the album was going to be for this time uh so it was silverstein and the album is uh, a beautiful place to drown yeah so roll intro now I close my ears These bands all had a moment And that moment's gone All these songs 
Pass before their ears to mediocrity Crossed in the wind All they are is crossed in the wind And we're back. And we're back. I beat you to it. It's mine this time, okay? I own it. No. And we're back with Crossed in the Wind. All right, let's go around on the scale, <laughs> negative five to five. I'll start. I'm giving it a three. Ooh. It would be a four if they took out all the harsh vocals. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, we're kind of in the same mind. I gave this a very soft two because I didn't want to give it a 1.5, but I, I gave it a soft two. For me, there's two portions of this album. There's pre-saxophone. <laughs> and there's post-saxophone. <laughs> pre-saxophone we're looking at a solid like one like i i kind of like it post-saxophone yeah you better believe that's a three yeah yeah i respect that i came into this expecting <laughs> I like love a good saxophone. one of the worst albums on the list so far by far i, I was like yeah. i thought it was gonna be trash unironically very good album yeah, I liked it a lot. I was I was super shocked. <laughs> I, I don't. <laughs> I kept I waiting say, for the penny to drop because like I liked the first song a lot. I liked the second song. I liked the third. Like I was liking them all, and I kept waiting. Like man, where are the stinkers at? And they just there were yeah. <laughs> they were just good. I had the same. So I full full discretion. I listened to this right before we recorded. Um, the the forty minutes before I got on, I, I sat down and I played um, some Monster Train, and I listened to the album. So my feelings on it are not very well settled. But that was that was everything I was going to say. Was I put it on? I was like, well, let's get this over with. First song, I was like, damn, that's a joint. Second song, I was like, yeah, this is hitting right, and it just kept going like that. And um, what was uh, the name of it? One more time. A beautiful place to drown. Beautiful place to drown. Because there was one song where I was like, okay, this I I can fuck with this album. Um, where are you? And I'm song. so sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Where are you? Was the song I where I was sleep. like, I cannot. This is actually tonight. like I would listen to this song again. I would listen to this again willingly. Yeah. So this one's a little on a different vein of previous Crust in the Winds because it's the band was one of the early. Well, I don't know how early, but an emo band, a notable emo style band back in the day. Their biggest song i believe is called what the hell is it called something my heroine or something like that let me look yeah my heroine um and i just recall them being a very emo style band right so they're like super emotional oh my god everything sucks type group yeah uh I'd say they probably haven't really uh, grown out of that exactly, but goddamn if there's not some catchy songs on this album. Yeah, there really are. I uh, and, I I was pleasantly surprised by the fact that it was kind of a poppy punk album. I wasn't expecting. I was expecting kind of like a Grimo kind of band. I really don't know anything about. I don't remember Silverstein's big song. Silverstein, Silverstein. I don't are they know Jewish? which one. <laughs> Silverstein, you know the author. That's what they um, named the band after. No, that's actually true. Oh, is it true? Okay, never mind. Yes. I thought, I thought um, that was a joke. So I know nothing about these guys, but I was as soon as they started, I was like, "Oh, these guys are actually pretty dope." Uh, I was and, expecting um, just another butt rock album. I don't. Yeah, I, I guess I don't know. Yeah. I don't remember much of them either, but I I was expecting head, nothing very Nickelback in or very Five Finger Death Punch. That's kind yeah. of what I was bracing myself for. 
um, good diverse subject matter, good melodies. Yeah, all Down the Mick melodies were really yeah, yeah. That's the other thing. Yeah, yeah all the melodies were really, 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 like really catchy yeah. and good, and surprisingly and good vocals. Considering yeah, yeah. how old the band is, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And like, yeah, his vocals sound fresh. That dude's been taking care of himself. And, and like, yeah, he's not one of those guys that like. And yeah, the mix is excellent. It sounds yeah, very, very good. Great. It reminds yeah. me of a band called Capital Lights. In yes, a lot of songs. I, I, know, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yeah. I mean, this is going to be kind of a harder crust than the wind because we all kind of like. Yeah, well, there's nothing yeah. to criticize. I mean, that's. But that's, these are that's my favorite ones, thing. actually. This happened like twice now, where it's like I thought it was going to be trash, and I turn it on, and I'm like, "Damn, this is actually sick." The biggest thing I'm learning is that there's some really good underappreciated producers out there putting out some good albums, and we just need to hook those people up with the right folks. And I think we could see a resurgence of this kind of music for sure. There's already well, like. We're on the verge of a pop punk revival. Yeah, we yeah, are. I was just going to say well, like, I was, the Machine Gun Kelly album came out. I think that was a big boon. Yeah. And I was just driving in the car with Shay. We were on our way home from like picking up groceries or whatever, listening to The Current, which is kind of like the, you know, indie I love the current. radio station. Yeah. That's what I was whenever I'm in that area. And uh, there was this just straight up like it sounded like it was straight from 2007 alternative pop punk kind of rock song that was on but it was a new band and i was like did i just am i dreaming like when, <laughs> when did this come back why are they playing this so i think yeah i think a lot of this music i think the nostalgia factor with our age group is definitely pulling younger artists who also appreciate the music music more to the forefront nowadays so i'm excited to see because the song I listened to, I was like, this could literally be on a burnout soundtrack. Yeah. Yeah. Like from back in the day. It sounds exactly like that. And I was and it's somebody new and I was like, this is wild. It's all cyclical. I mean, there's gonna be all the kids that grew up listening to I mean like like so for example, my daughter is gonna grow up listening to some forty one in Green Day, and that's all classic dad rock now. What's the craziest thing when I went to the Green Day concert was the fact that it is officially dad rock. <laughs> And like, I am a dad <laughs> that is like, I'm the bald chubby dad going like, this is my childhood, <laughs> like living through that. Now I'm going to pass that along. And there's going to be a resurgence of that kind of music in the next generation too. Cause it's going to tickle that kind of same feeling of paternal nostalgia that they have, you know? Yeah. We've already seen like, um, you know, like 60s, 70s style music kind of come and go. I don't. I like. I hesitate to say something like the Black Keys because that's a little more niche. It's more of like a blues band. But like that, er, that, that era where I was trying to replicate the, the gritty, uh, unfiltered kind of sound of the '60s, '70s, mm-hmm. and then we had like the very polished, clean '80s stuff. It's still hanging around pretty much with a lot of pop music, where it's like uh, highly produced pop vocalists with like 80 style synthesizer and synthesized instruments and everything's very well crisply produced. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm all for <laughs> a research of this music being a fan from when I was a lad. So if I could, if I could make any kind of band right now, I would love to see a pop punk Sith rock combination. I would love to see some, cause I love synth pop. Oh, they said Sith, Sith Rock. I was like, what is... I was going to say, Star Wars? <laughs> no, Star Wars. What is Sith Rock? I want to see like a, a cross between Synth Pop and, punk, and Pop Punk. I would love to see like, I don't know, Synth Pop Punk. Like how uh, Yellow Card brought in a violin and got super famous. Like I would love to I see... I can hear you breathing and it's keeping me, me awake. awake. 
I love yellow card. <laughs> yellow, dude, yellow card had some bangers, dude. Ocean Lights Avenue. and Sounds. Ocean I Avenue. Like, Lights and Sounds, I think, was their most underappreciated song. Like, that song is a banger. It's on my workout mix to this day. Yeah, it's like them and, like, Jimmy Eat World. They were all kind of the same Oh, era. Jimmy Eat World. Those Jimmy guys are World national treasures. Just yeah, takes that's definitely, time. that's that's all my stuff, man. Dude, that song. That's, that's all the oh, stuff I listen to so this good. day. Yeah, so <laughs> in summary, we don't really have anything negative or exciting yeah, to say. Yeah, only positive I mean, things. Well, actually, like gonna I say said, some negative. I, think, I, I can criticize it. I mean, there's a reason it's not a five or yeah, a four. Uh, or like right. I said, uh, yeah, I, I think the right. harsh vocals. I, I'm a huge, huge, huge metal fan. I don't mind harsh vocals, uh, but these are like the the only kind that really great on me. The like really whiny. Well, like, yeah, it's like screamo, right? Yeah. Like it's like the emo scream like kind of OG stuff. It's not screamo, like metal, yeah. I'm gonna fucking stomp your head in. Like really, stuff. really whiny, like asking yeah. Alexandria vocals. Not a fan at all. That's what well, I, they had the Under Oath singer guest on a couple of Oh, did of they? I didn't even notice. I think so. See, or what I was gonna say them. is sometimes they went off a little bit up their own ass, trying a little bit too hard to be really heavy emotional. September 14th was a song that I would never listen to again, for mm, example. Sure. I didn't like that one. Um... And there were some songs that were just filler. They were just noise. Infinite was one. That one I remember because it was right after Where Are You, which was when I started paying attention. Where Infinite are you? Infinite kind of lost me a little bit. I like Say and, Yes uh, a lot. Yeah, Say Yes was good. Yeah. I thought the... Oh, I don't have it up right now. Closing, what was the closing first track? <laughs> With Simple yeah, Plan. Yeah, Take What You Give. Oh my God, was, I didn't yeah. realize that. Simple Plan is on their last That's track. That's so funny. Is it really? I didn't yeah, notice I didn't that know. either. I hate Simple Plan. I don't know. I think I the only reason Simple Plan is famous is because he was like the nephew of one of the Beastie Boys. <laughs> is that That's true? true story. You could look it up. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, thankfully yeah, like, for, uh, for my complaint, the, the vocal stuff, they, they were pretty light on that. They only busted it out a few times. There, there was never like a whole song of it or anything, so it wasn't a huge deal. Yeah, I think the biggest complaint I have is the album's at times like kind of tonally confused like sometimes you you think it's like oh this is going to be an awesome alt um alternative pop punk record it sounds just like what i would listen to in high school then they would you know slap in those like pseudo metal like not um. great riffs and and songs like that and then there would be there's some like synth poppy almost tracks or there's at least one i can't remember the name of it but uh it's not super consistent, and it's, that's hard to kind of knock them for. What? But oh, <laughs> something. Okay, going so I'm on. just gonna explain. I need to explain to you what just happened to me. Go on. All right. I'm sitting here, and I hear a scraping sound coming down the stairs, and very much live right now. My wife is in here. Uh, she has a cheese grater dangling between her legs. Wait, There's, what? Yes. Go on. This is, this is true. There's a cheese grater between her legs. There's two pot lids. For a bra held together all with like yellow tape, and there's a yellow cake mixing lid on her head. She's holding <laughs> a ladle and a spatula, and she is playing the drums. Excellent. On the two pot lids. <laughs> <laughs> it's a TikTok video. I'm being told. All right, That's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> Maybe it's a battle sister cosplay for Warhammer 40k. There you Never go. Know. Bye. <laughs> Thanks for that. You gotta spice things up sometimes. Be in you my know? bedroom in ten minutes. Wear the lids. <laughs> <laughs> Keep the lids on. <laughs> Sorry about that. I'm, I don't want to I will say that. That was kind of awesome. That was kind of awesome. I was gonna make a. Well, Wait, I'll I'm DM you my it. joke. <laughs> you're not gonna. You're not gonna. You're not gonna tell me. Say it out loud. I was gonna say, bring the tape. 
<laughs> no, would, I was gonna say you, you gotta sing. You gotta sing that song. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that's better than mine. I wasn't sure if that was too much. <laughs> no, that wins the episode, dude. That was the best uh, joke of the night. Oh my god, that's funny. you saved me from my bad taste joke. <laughs> All right, yeah. It takes a worse taste to be a bad taste. I guess. Oh my god. Uh, <laughs> uh, what were we talking about? I don't Silver remember. Uh, Silver Silver yeah, back to pop punk. <laughs> yeah, so tonally, I think it's a little confused. Yeah, I um, would agree. I would agree with that. Kind of like this episode. <laughs> when it shines, it really shines, boy. Let me tell yeah. you. Like the first three or four I, like, songs in a row, like straight back to back, are yeah, all oh, absolutely. Really absolutely. good. It's insane how yeah. much of my music taste has been formulated by the Burnout Three soundtrack. Yeah, true. And I, yeah. I cannot separate in my brain. That this would, there many tracks on this album would fit in perfectly with that, which is fine with me because I fucking love that soundtrack. Yeah. The best compliment I can give this album is that I'm probably going to jump right back onto Monster Train and listen to it again when we're done, when I'm done having sex with my pot and pan wife somewhere <laughs> with the cheese grater. Somewhere. That's, a, that's somewhere. a new fetish. Somewhere the five minutes after I'm, uh, the five minutes it takes to do that, I'll be back down here playing Monster Train. <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> And listening to this album again because I'm I'm and you know my rating might go up or down. That's why I try to listen to them twice before I do these things. But I'm definitely intrigued enough to listen to it again. I liked it a lot. Yeah, it was a. This is one of those pleasant surprise ones, I guess. Like there's some that you kind of predict are not gonna, you know, like Saliva or any of those other bands where you're like, I don't really foresee them having anything interesting to say or sound like. But this one, I was. Super curious because, you know, emo died out pretty quick. That was, like, hot when I was in, like, a, fr- a freshman in high school. Emo music. And then it kind of fell off. Like, Brand New was, like, the pinnacle. And that's that's not to say anything about their fucking lead singer. But, I mean... I would say My Chemical of- Romance was the pinnacle of emo rock. Yeah, I think <sighs> My Chemical Romance is even more pop, though. Yeah. They had, like, an emo... uh aesthetic but i think they were more of a pop rock band overall but like the screaming whining i feel i guess they didn't scream stuff yeah but yeah that disappeared so i was like very curious to see how a band like that could persist well that's the fun of crust in the wind is seeing where these guys ended up yeah bands like this that had like a little bit of success and seeing what what they ended up doing um they taking Back true. Sunday, like Taking Back Sunday, is a band that's gone on to do a lot of interesting stuff. They've had some really good albums, and they were definitely part of that emo wave. Um, and it, we don't have to do a crust in the wind on them, but if you ever have time, check out the rest of their catalog post, like their big success. They've made some really, they've made some bangers, man. Huh. I might have to do that. I haven't heard that name in a long time. <clears throat> um, what's next? Uh, crust in the wind, there, Corey. <laughs> Uh, the next one, I had to look up how to pronounce it so I don't look like a dork, okay? Alright. It's by Seether. Oh, uh, it's, God. It's a Latin phrase that means, if you want peace, prepare for war. Oh, no. And the phrase the... is, uh, pacem parabellum. Yeah, I know a complete douchebag with that tattoo mm, on it. Very cool. <laughs> I'll paste it oh, good. to remove any ambiguity in the Does spelling. It, okay, real quick, I'm not going to look up the album cover. Does it look like a tap-out t-shirt? <laughs> okay, actually. <laughs> Hang on. 
album yeah this sounds cover. like tap out the album it really does uh kind of yeah yeah i'll paste both yeah. things okay wait, here we go this is the all right album name See, uh for everybody awesome. at home following along uh i'm not gonna bother spelling it or whatever just look up see there's newest album yeah there's the album cover yeah yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's actually better it was better than i thought it was gonna be yeah it's, it's not kind of, it's, it's kind of a cool cover that weird not, like gothic the font they used for seether sucks ass yeah but the actual graphic is kind of yeah dope. for for like, the listeners it's like uh it's it. like a greek statue or something or roma statue uh with like the face broken and there's like a skull behind it and some blood and that's like it blood yeah. yeah i think it's kind of cool maybe yeah. i'll like this album maybe i'm gonna be surprised again just fake it if you're out I, of direction. Of all the bands, this is the one that I would be absolutely astounded if they didn't uh, meet what my current expectations yeah, for their. Yeah. Th- this might music. be the one I, I'm going I, in with the lowest expectations for. I'm pretty sure I can vomit out this album and know exactly what I'm going to do. I would be shocked <laughs> if this goes any differently than what it, I'm, I'm expecting. Just that six hours of. Like that sound of a go kart that's been overcharged mm. going a little bit too fast. Yeah. That's what I'm picturing in my head. <laughs> it's gonna sound like the death sputter of like an old like yeah. '60s GMC pickup, like backfiring down the road. That's what this album is gonna sound like. I just can't wait for the ballad where they're like, "I'm not such a tough guy." <laughs> I actually feel things. Yeah, this is gonna be. I guarantee this is gonna be one of those albums with like nine songs. It's like I want to fuck you up. With my fists of bloody steel. And then the last song's like, Why does everybody say I'm violent? <laughs> if you order a drink heart. next to me in the bar, you're going to get a glass to the head. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I well, have we'll four see, I different alimony payments. Ex- you know what? You know what? <laughs> but ro- you know what? But rock becomes when they're this old. I just thought of this. What? This is ex wife rock. This is all songs about my ex wife. Oh, That's yeah. This, this yeah single yeah. dad rock. True. Yep. Yeah, could very well be. There's a lot of it's applicable for a lot of the stuff we've already listened to. All right, see there, see there. DV Parabellum. Yes, that. Listen along if you feel so inclined. Um. All right, crest of the wind out of the way. Any uh, let's see what other topics we got. I got a super short one before we wrap. Uh, right. I I think yeah. I've brought, I've brought up a couple of these where like I slowly notice that I'm getting older, like one tiny little thing at a time. Uh, and yet, yeah. yesterday it was, um, uh, I don't know how I can explain the staircase in my house. I was walking oh, up the stairs. I slipped on like the second last stair going up. So like almost at the top. Right. Uh, yeah. and I have, mm-hmm. uh, there's like a banister like in the hallway that overlooks the stairs. So like there's a handrail there, um, off on the left side that like goes up. Cause it's like a guardrail for the people who are up on the floor level. Right. Yeah. Yep. Um, and so I slipped. I had a drink in my right hand, so I couldn't grab the normal handrail that was there. So I stuck my arm up and I grabbed the other one that was like at like head level, maybe a little higher, whatever. Didn't fall, stabilized, whatever, fine. Totally ruined my shoulder for like two days. My, my arm just didn't work. <laughs> and I'll, literally all I did was extend it out and grab something. Welcome to getting older, my friend. <laughs> You're going to find that you can get hurt doing just about anything. I didn't do anything. <laughs> One of the worst back injuries I've ever had was from sitting down a little wrong. Oh, no. <laughs> and it took me months to get to that. <laughs> yeah. One, uh, one minor incident at a time. Death by a thousand yeah. cuts. That's, yeah, that's I life. Mean, like, 
my bad posture is starting to catch up to me now where like I can't stand uh anywhere for like a long Dude, we time. We were at that Megadeth my show. Back ache. Yeah, that's what I yeah. yeah, I guess I we talked about this a little bit. It was I was just brutal. standing there, my back's aching, and I was like, what is my pro-? like uh, COVID didn't There's gotta help, be something I about standing. Because like I remember I said it on the podcast. I said it something at the time. about standing. Because yeah, <laughs> like after that we <laughs> immediately Lord. left and walked around for like twenty minutes. And like the walking, whatever, I no problem at all. Like I'll, I can walk all day and yeah, feel but nothing. We shouldn't be feeling pain for standing. Yeah, but just standing there, it was killing me. <laughs> I have no idea. It's yeah. I'm only twenty seven. I'm not like fifty eight. <laughs> Wait, you're twenty eight very soon. Well, that's that's true. That is true. Um, um Sam just posted in the chat something that we have been neglecting talking oh, about yeah. for the past two episodes. So let's talk about Metroid Dread. I don't think it has to be a very super long conversation either. I think we're pretty much in agreement about yeah. it. Oh, yeah. Yep. Um, my biggest thing is, one, I can't recommend it enough. And one thing I really like about Nintendo is when they don't try to reinvent the wheel and they boil all of their talent down to just streamlining one incredible product i think that they're still the kings of that um and metroid dread just wants to be a video game and it and it has no shame in the fact that it's a video game it doesn't try to be more than that it doesn't try to be less than that and i think that it perfects the genre that it's going for defines it even um my biggest thing that I want to gush about is that I think that it is one of the most perfectly balanced games in terms of difficulty that I've ever played. Agreed. hundred percent. And I don't even know how you go about programming something to be this perfectly difficult. I've never played anything like I, I love somewhat harder, uh, games sometimes like dark souls and all that kind of stuff, which you can argue those anything where you can level up and, and eventually beat the shit out of something. Is it really hard or is it just time consuming? You know, that's a fun discussion for another day. I have never played anything where I was so perfectly kind of frustrated and then would win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it's wild. <laughs> like, <laughs> I would be like, this sucks, this is really hard, and then I would win and I would get that free endorphin rush that we yeah, all play video they, games for. The way they handle boss battles throughout this game is incredible. Because, like, it, each boss battle, there's they have their own unique kind of combat right and that nintendo's always very good about if they introduced a new mechanic within the last section of the game you will need to use that to defeat the next boss that's like a classic metroid thing especially but very few games make a final bat final bass final boss feel like a final boss yeah no that's one like that's a lost art and this game it's like it doesn't feel like another boss battle feels like oh this is the culmination of everything this is what uh, this all amounts to and it's a challenge and it's frustrating because it's hard but then you can overcome it you like learn all the different phases you learn all like the different attacks and things and then eventually you you just you just know and you can go in and stomp but when, it takes yeah, a little when you finally beat the final boss you whip his ass there's like no there's no like in between you don't barely beat him because you lose dying a lot to him and you learn a little bit. And then when you finally do beat him, you know, you have almost everything. Like I could do his first two phases with my eyes closed. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> Same. Um, he, I, I talk all the time about the movie Whiplash because it has my favorite ending of any movie of all time. This is going to take that kind of spot with games. Cause I think this is, is it? I think right now talking right now, I think it's my favorite final boss. Of all time. I'm trying to think gameplay wise, mechanic wise. 
definitely have, of the modern age. I was going to say, I have a one contender, potentially. Who's that? The boss, dude. Oh, sure. But that didn't feel like... I don't know. Well, it, that wasn't a culmination of skills learned, really. That's what I'm saying. That's that's what makes this... It's not like the character of... What's his, his name? Ravenbeak? It doesn't even matter. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ravenbeak. It's not like there's a... like. Don't play Metroid Dread for the plot, okay? Play it for the gameplay, and they don't really waste your time with plot, which is another reason I really like it. Um, there's no emotion to it. <laughs> um, no, and yeah, Metroid's never really been strong in that regard. Like they they have breadcrumbs of a plot, and like you at least understand the premise of what you're doing, but they're not like it's not like Last of Us <laughs> or something where it's mm-hmm. all plot. It's just it says. Here's here's the premise. Here's what you're doing, and then it steps back, and you figure it out, and you yep. you play it, and you have a good time. And in this case, like I'm a, I've said before, a massive Metroid fan. I've played every single Metroid game. Love, basically all of them. Um, really dig the universe. Really dig the style. Really dig how the game plays, and they all kind of scratch the same itch. And. uh it's funny how quickly you can, like, having played all those, you get into the Metroid mindset where you, like, know how things operate and how to solve problems in that universe. I haven't played... I haven't beat a Metroid game since... Like, a 2D Metroid game, I'll qualify. Not, like, Prime, because that's a kind of a different beast. But, like, I haven't conquered <laughs> start to finish definitively a Metroid game probably since Zero Mission on the Game Boy Advance. I played Samus Returns. It was decent, but it's not the same kind of thing. But then I played Dread, and everything clicks again, and it makes sense, and I understand exactly what I'm supposed to be doing. So, all told, I beat the game in six hours, which I even thought was fast, considering. Uh, but I also am so familiar with the gameplay cycle of these games and how it's laid out and everything. And I think that's actually a positive mark in my book because it's it's still true to what people are expecting. But there's enough new stuff to keep it fresh and interesting. I am not a fan of Metroidvanias. I find them tedious, typically. I don't like backtracking and I don't like having to shoot every spot at the wall. Mm-hmm. Um, I find that not appealing whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, even that being said, Metroid Dread played so well that I was super engaged the whole time. I got lost, definitely, not having that experience that Tom had. I got lost a lot. Just about every time they left me on my own after getting something, and there wasn't something like a lava line to exactly where I was supposed to go, I typically got lost for a while. I can't tell you exactly how long it took me to beat the game, because I would typically, I would leave it on, and I would go do something else, and I would come back and play it again. Um, But I can tell you for sure that I got my money's worth out of it, and in no way feel cheated. Uh, by the fact that it wasn't... I'm glad that it wasn't a 60-hour game, because I think it would have gotten tedious. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I think They're that best, it was... like, the shorts... It's, and we were talking about this offline a little bit. You want a game that is at that sweet spot where it's so good all the way through, and at the end, it still leaves you wanting a little, just a little bit more. That's the wildest thing about it. I will say that... And this is a very... This is not something that I say about games almost ever. I missed Metroid Dread when it was over. Like... That was what I was doing at night when I would, when before I'd go to bed, is I'd play some Metroid Dread and I'd try to push through to the next whatever part. And not having that now, I kind of don't know what to do with myself. Like it's a game that I very much enjoyed enough that I wish that I had more of it. Yeah. Um, and again, like 
my favorite game of all time, Metal Gear Solid 3, it was very much the same thing. Like when that, it's a longer game for sure, but when it ends, you're still like, damn, I really, <laughs> just a little more time with Ocelot or like sneaking into yeah. this fortress and stuff. So like, that's the mark of an excellent game is if it that gets to that said, point. I, I do have problems with it. They recycle some fights a lot at the end. Yep. Yep. For the sure. Last, the last 25%, you're kind of just doing the same thing over and over again, which is really bizarre for such a short game. Um, and I would love to know what was going on with production. I don't know if they just, if they spent most of their budget just trying to get it to play as well as it does, I get it. Because uh, graphically, it's not like a beast. No. Um, I know that a lot of their time probably went into the boss battles, which are all terrific. But that last 25% of the game, it's like they just didn't know what to do with it. And so they just kind of start throwing you into battle rooms against like the same enemies over and over and over again. Yep. So that, that, that was definitely killed momentum. That killed momentum because the game had such a nice flow to it. And There's, then at some point yeah. you're like, okay, why am I going into this room and fighting this exact same thing again? It's, it's a, you know, it's a six hour game. <laughs> like, why are we reusing this many assets yeah. over and over again? And it's like, <clears throat> there's two boss types that get reused all the time or yeah. frequently near the end of the game and after you beat them once it's you can tell they're trying to vary it enough to keep it interesting but it's not enough no um, it's just about the same fight yeah. maybe moves a little faster yeah they might move better. quicker and they might have like one additional move but it's not anything mind blowing and it's just like okay well, I, it was padding. No, I beat this already I can beat it again yeah. no problem it was very obvious padding it was yep. the most obvious padding since uh, Victoria's Secret invented the push-up bra. Like, it's just, <laughs> it's... And, um... <clears throat> I thought the Emmy that, stuff was cool, though. Um, I love the Emmy. The Emmy gameplay hooked me right away. And that was the part that I was most... Um, I bought this game, really. It was between this and Far Cry. And I watched some Far Cry gameplay, and I was like, I really don't want to play a Far Cry game. I don't want to do that again. I've done it enough times. I don't feel like doing that. So I was like, you know what? I'm not really into Metroidvanias, but there's enough going on in Dread that it looks kind of cool. But the Emmy sec- the Emmy sections were the things that I was most, uh, I don't want to say worried about, because I don't really worry about enjoying video games, but I, I thought that that would turn me off. I was like, oh, this is going to be a mess. Mm-hmm. They are so exciting. They're, they're so fun. And they're, they are, again, perfectly designed that you're not, you're going to die a lot in them, but you're always going to feel like it's your fault. And that's just a, it's a masterclass in game design, man. And like the, I can't, I, yeah, yeah. The cool, the cool thing about that is there's still technically a chance to get out of dying. Like it's, it is possible. Counter. It's insanely difficult to do it because the the f- window to do it is like a split second. So it's like it it says like basically in the like the tutorial phase of explaining these parts of the thing, it's like or even the loading screens, right? They're like. Yeah, I mean, you can technically counter this person. It's going to be super hard, so you, you shouldn't rely on that. And yeah, that how, do whole... they re- how do they phrase it? They say something to the effect of, it would be suicidal to try and, and use this as your method of dealing with these or something like yeah, that. Yep. Something, yeah, yep. I don't remember the exact phrasing either, but yeah, like, and so by doing that, even when you get caught and you're like captured by one of these things and it's going to kill you, it still engages you enough to try and when you do do it, it's really cool. Yeah, like, oh. I did it, I think, maybe three times throughout my oh, entire really? playthrough. So Dark Souls has trained me very good in that. I could do it, I, I think I could consistently do it about a third to half the time. I did it a oh, lot. Oh, snap. Actually. Yeah. Damn. Lightning fingers over here. Maybe just luck. Who knows? I definitely didn't do it every time, but I did it a lot. <clears throat> 
yeah but the, like even that even like the the part that would be if you couldn't counter that would be the most frustrating thing ever oh yeah for sure so like oh that's it, it's it's perfectly designed i just think that the, i wish that they had put just a little bit more money into it to to really make the ending sparkle a little bit i think that there could have been a few different bosses a few different encounters and a few different environmental things the other the other problem i had with those all the environments looked very similar and i'm a person that very much likes the aesthetic to be like if i'm going to go to a jungle place i want it to really be jungly if i'm going to go to a lava place i want it to look really lava-y yeah and, and this one's like research station in jungle research station yeah. in lava kind of feel yeah. yeah i agree um and that wasn't the case in a lot of the older metroid games is like well <laughs> Now that I say that, I kind of think back. A lot of them are like a lava cave, a jungle yeah. cave. <laughs> <laughs> like It's all caves, effectively. So there wasn't that, too much variety. And that's, I mean, does that really change anything? No, it just would have kept my senses a little bit more engaged. At the end of the day, this is one of, it's not, I know it's your best game, I think, of the year so far, Tom, is what you said. Mm-hmm. It's easily one of the best games of the year. I don't know exactly where it's going to fall on my personal list. But it's one that I can't recommend. If you have a Switch and you like video games uh, of any kind, it's worth checking out. Now, my question to you, Tom, and, and this is one of those things where, again, are we venturing into pre- in pretentiousness or not? But it's something that the video game world in general is talking about. Do you think it's too hard for the casual gamer? That's a difficult thing for me to say because I've grown up with this game or this Metroid games, right? It's been, I've been playing Metroid games since I had a Game Boy Advance and I would play it at yeah. recess in elementary school, right? Like, It's ingrained in my DNA at this point. I, I found it, even without that, I found it to be the most perfectly difficult game. Like, if it was any harder, I would have been frustrated and annoyed. If it was any easier, I would have just walked through it. And I yeah. thought, I've never seen anything so perfectly dialed in yeah, as so this is. As being as objective as possible and just kind of, being very familiar with like the Nintendo design philosophy of introducing small things <coughs> over the course of the entire game to keep you engaged and to keep the challenge somewhat leveled out. I think that this would be a great game for this would be a great like first Metroid game for a lot of people. Like uh Yeah, I don't I don't think it's overly difficult. I think it's manageable difficulty. It's not overwhelming. It's not uh you know, like going back to like a Dark Souls type situation. That just drops you in there and you figure it out. There's nothing guiding you whatsoever. There's enough of a string pulling you along in this game where you at least kind of know what you're supposed to be doing because basically you talk, you go into like the save room and you talk to the spoiler alert to the guy who heavily telegraphs that he's the bad guy the whole time. <laughs> and that kind of guides you through the game. So he's just like, you might want to check out this area and it's yeah. bolded and in yellow text, and you're like, oh, okay, so I got to go there. <laughs> so there's like that. So yeah, I, I don't think it is. I don't think it would be too difficult for a casual player. I think it's uh, actually a perfect game for a casual player maybe looking to do something a little more heavy. What I love about it is it's just a video game. I'm yep. telling you, I just love the fact that it's just, uh, you put it, it's, it feels, every second you're playing it, it feels like Saturday morning. Yeah. It's like it really a classic, does. you like, boot it, it up, just... you play it, then you put it down. There's no like microtransaction bullshit, some nope. forced on multiplayer mode or like <clears throat> always online capability nonsense or anything. It's just, this feels like more of like a classic video game than anything that's come out in recent memory. Yeah. 
for sure. I'm a big fan of it. Um, I'll probably end up going to play another Metroid because I've only played this in Metroid Fusion. I, I've never. It's not that I've never played a Fusion Metroid, is dank. I played Fusion on the Game Boy, and I remember really liking that too. Well, Sam, I'm going to proselytize once again. Modding your 3DS is not too terribly difficult. It's a little time-consuming, but it's not hard. And you can play Game Boy Advance games on it. It's And I ideal. will remind you that to avoid an emotional conversation with a seven-year-old who's... Oh, that's right. Moved out I just forgot about I that. I gave him my 3DS. <laughs> I forgot. I Good forgot luck. <laughs> yes. Good luck. Good luck with uh, the lifetime of You're wondering if it, it out was of because hands. of you. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, I forgot about that. <laughs> um, well, then just do an emulator. <laughs> like, yeah. Play through Zero Mission. Zero Mission is really I'm great. I'm super intrigued by Zero Mission. That's it's the just a remake, remake of, of the first, first one, right? game, yeah. yeah. But it has like an epilogue part, which I actually think is one of the most interesting Metroid uh like I've been looking. Things. I've been looking pretty hard into the Metroid universe because I I really liked Dread, and it's actually as opposed to most games when you beat them and forget them, or a game that wears off on you over time. Like I was really into the Tales of Arise game, and I feel like that one tripped and fell on its face and ruined itself at the end. Um, this is one that it it sunk in and has lingered and has grown and made me more interested in it even since I've beaten it. So one thing to note: older Metroid games are more obtuse, so you might find yourself getting lost more oh i'm sure so I, and and i i don't know that i'll actually go and play them but just super uh, metroid is great though Although and that the, one's on that one's on the eShop, i think yeah i think that comes with like the whatever nintendo plus or whatever the hell they call their online massive air quotes online service <laughs> um but yeah huge fan i'm staring at a super metroid poster in my office right now right above my computer very cool. Pretty cool. Uh, Go check it out. Yeah, check it out. And definitely look for it. Definitely look for it on the on the Mega Sold list. It's gonna be on there. Oh, for Who sure. Who knows where? But it'll, it'll be, be my number one. You can take that to the bank unless something comes out at like the eleventh hour. That's absolutely. There's not incredible. a lot left coming out this this year. Yeah, that's a what I was thinking. And with Battlefield, it's looking not pretty looking barren. Great. Yeah. Like, I always try to I try I always try to line up some money and kind of set it aside and kind of save over some different checks so that when I go and get a game I don't have to feel too guilty about it. And there's not a lot to save up for. There's I'll be getting the Advance Wars remake for sure. Oh uh, yeah, dude, that's gonna be sweet. That's got to happen. Um, Battlefield. I'm still in. I I'll either get Call of Duty or Battlefield. And I don't know which one I'm going to, I won't get both, but I, I'm trying to, it probably, it's probably, that's going to be like with the PS5 and the Xbox, it's going to come down to what the bros get. Yeah. <laughs> I don't, I don't really, I'm not hot for either, honestly. Like I was super hot for Battlefield, but after reading about it, I don't know. Yeah. 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 And it's like, I, I like World War II as a setting for a shooter for like on the Call of Duty side. And I like, that's, I'm just kind of, <laughs> I don't know. Like. I just think back to my childhood. My dad is just like constantly watching World War II documentaries. So I was like inundated with World War II history. So I never really tire of the setting. I can totally understand why people would be like, another one. Sure. But it, it never got tiresome for me. I never was like, I don't want to play another World War II game. I don't care about setting at all. I just want to know that it's like there's a modern warfare Call of Duty. And if it's one of those, I will happily play it. And I still play God, modern that game warfare. is so good. Oh. Having one that doesn't take up a third, you know, half of my hard drive would be great. True. How long have we been playing Modern Warfare? Five years? When did that come out? Twenty sixteen? 
The current one? I think it's three 2019. Years. I think it's only three years. Yeah. Wait, Modern Warfare? The new Modern Warfare? Yeah, it came out in 2019. 29? That doesn't sound right. We were playing at a bro house, I thought. No, not Modern Warfare. I'm pretty sure. That game, I'll bet everything I own. Call of Duty Modern Warfare release date. Oh yeah, October 25th, 2019. Wow. That seems like so much longer ago. What did we play at Bro House? Was that one of the Black Ops, maybe? Battlefield 1? Yep, Battlefield 1. We played a lot of uh, Black Ops 3, I think we played. Overwatch? We played some Overwatch. Overwatch, yeah. yeah. And I was playing, like, Total War Warhammer. No big deal. (laughs) Oh, that Um, next one's coming out. You gotta be hyped. uh, Next year, though. So it's not gonna make the list, but I know it's gonna make next year's list. Isn't it really early, like January or February or something? Yeah, I think Q1... Uh, tentatively until it gets delayed, but dude, I'm so fucking hyped for that. Awesome. Um, two more things I want to talk about. <clears throat> One is directly related to what we were just talking about. I finished the first um book in the Horus Heresy for Warhammer 40k, and you know what? It was pretty good. Is that so? Didn't, eh? didn't blow my mind. Uh, but a lot of Warhammer me... written fiction won't blow your mind, but it's, you, you, that's the best reaction you can have is you'll finish it and you'll go, hey, I, I didn't hate that. <laughs> yeah, so it kept me intrigued enough to want to go on to the next book, and I'm listening to that, and you know what? That one's actually pretty good, too. Nice. So, um, the Horse Heresy has some, some of the better fiction in the universe. It's some of the, because I think because it had a through point. You'll notice with a lot of Warhammer books, like they can't move any, they can't move a dial. Yeah, they can't advance the plot. At least the stuff that's set in the contemporary board. Yeah, because universe. for the board game to work, everybody has to be locked in pretty equal footing. And some of the forces are so powerful that they're stuck in a stasis of they're still arriving. Like the Necrons are waking up because if there was still, a yeah. force, they would kill everything. The Tyranid fleet is or Hive is still coming because if they all came at the same time, we wouldn't stand a chance. There's a lot of that stuff. So the books can never move it anywhere, but in the Horus Heresy, there there are characters that can have arcs because we know where they're going to end up. Yeah, and uh, that helps a lot, and that makes those books a little bit better. There's some really good stuff. There's some really really good stuff that happens in those books. Yeah, the second book is like more, uh, I'd say, Warhammery <laughs> than the first one is. Yeah, it has more of the like super ultra mega violent <laughs> encounters. You can always you can always tell when there's like when there's an author that happens to write Warhammer and when there's a Warhammer author. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. You can always tell. Yep. <laughs> Some guys just um, writing Warhammer <clears throat> to pay rent versus, yeah. You know, you know what's crazy? I just read this recently. There's like a very highly regarded, super famous science fiction author that's going to be writing a Warhammer book and I can't remember what the hell his name is. I just, uh, I just reserved Tchaikovsky my, yeah. or something? Okay. It's super. The setting is is ripe. I mean, you think about all the lore and everything. You could have some of our best writers making some incredible stories out of it. Um, I'm I'm I, I love Warhammer. I I just pre-ordered a book. They're releasing an anthology horror novel. Um, and the idea of Warhammer 40k horror has me super hard. So I that's coming out. Yeah, next I mean that's like I, Eldritch I that horror, pre-ordered. right? Yeah, that's yeah, like the I'm same super kind of hyped idea for that. Like the whole um, warp and everything, yeah, that stuff's dank. Even though I don't really care much for the chaos factions in practice, because I think they're kind of <laughs> lame. But um, they all have a couple of them have cool twists. There's there's like the corn berserkers are kind of boring. The thousand suns are cool, and then I think uh, 
<laughs> Slanesh is kind of cool. The Death Guard is kind of cool. Oh yeah, Nurgle. That's he's kind of like the Papa big... Nurgle is fascinating. He's just the fact that he actually has no hatred and loves everything, but the way he shows his love is by giving it disease that makes sure it never dies. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like the the big he's like the chaos guy there talking about the second book. Curious to see where that kind of goes. Uh, anyway, enough Warhammer talk. I know it's probably <laughs> boring, Corey here. So I wanted to ask you, Corey. We want to have to end on a humorous topic. Go on. You had in our chat when someone tells you there will be food somewhere. Oh yeah. Okay. So let me ask it this way: If somebody is like, uh, "Oh, hey Sam," or "Hey Tom," you know, so and so, we're getting a group of people together, we're gonna hang out at such and such's house, whatever. And that scenario, you hear it a million times, and then they go, "There'll be food." <laughs> has yes. food being somewhere ever been the deciding factor on whether or not you would be there um only when i was like a poor college student i'm pretty sure the answer is never for me i can't if i don't want to go somewhere i don't want to go there and if i want to eat well, i'll go yeah. get some food <laughs> i guess i should put a giant asterisk the size of the sentence i just said next to it because there are some events that you cannot debate me into going into yeah no matter what you tempt me with but if it's like ah, uh, i don't really want to hang out with this group of people necessarily and they're like oh we'll have some food and be like okay well maybe i'll and it also seems like some kind of admission on the part of the people saying there will be food like they know that that is <laughs> yeah that is true yeah. yeah for sure that is such an amazing because they're uh, trying to bribe you into going yeah. observation that's exactly what it yeah. is we know it's going to suck ass, but hey, there'll be some cheese and some bread. <laughs> yeah, just have some nachos, you know, hang out for a little bit yeah. and we can leave. There will be carbs and dairy and stuff. I always form. thought Come it on. was weird. I, yeah, it's because it never, it would like, it would never entice me and not for a lack of a love of food. <laughs> it would, it doesn't trick me. And I, yeah, I just I can't imagine anyone like, being like, oh, fuck that. Oh, there's going to be pizza? Never mind. I'll come. It's like, wait, what? Just get some pizza, oh. dude. What do you. There's no other way that I could possibly acquire pizza. <laughs> the rarest of all goods. I can only get this if I come and hang out with you. Yeah. I love um it, it, this is just something I've noticed in the in the I don't know if I want to call it the corporate world or what. In the industry that I'm in and probably most things, I'm amazed at how like nobody can say like, "Oh, I want to get to know you better. I kind of want to get inside your head or, or hear more of your ideas." It always has to be like Hey, if I'm ever in town, you and me got to go get a drink. Like, it's got to be like, we got to go have some alcohol together. And that's how we're really going to get to know each other. It's not as interesting as an observation, I guess, but I do. I think it's funny. So, yeah, that's all I had for that. It's always, it's always seemed weird to me. I can't imagine, like, anybody falling for it. I've fallen for it. Idiot. But I usually just show up to eat food and then leave. That's Actually, the that's that's the alpha male. Like bribe yeah. If you're gonna if bribe you're me with food, I'm going exclusively food, for the food. You beeline for the food. Like, hey, Tom. Hey, it's just like everybody's trying to say hi, shake your hand, whatever. You're hey, just hey, like, yeah, good to see you. See, ya. I will say, I've always wanted to do that. Like, we've we've made jokes on this podcast before about how like nobody ever wants to eat the last piece of pizza, and how like in the north we're very shy about that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I've always wanted to go to a like a, a house party or something like that, and literally just like no shame. Go to the table of food and just eat it all. Like, don't stop. Like, <laughs> like 
don't slow down. Like the brownies, the fudge, the pizza, whatever. Just eat all of it. Like to the point where people have to take notice. Like none of that shy. Like I'm going to have a piece then walk around the room. And even though all I'm thinking about is how I want another piece, I'm going to wait long enough that it's like fair. Yeah. I'm talking about like, just go in, put a napkin in your collar. Don't move from the table and just keep eating. Until the someone entire makes time you leave. Until yeah. It's, until it's like all gone. <laughs> just gorging yourself. Hey, gee, buddy, uh, why don't you leave something for the rest of us? Then you just scream at them. Ah! I was told there would be food! And that's why I'm here. I don't care about you, Tony. Fuck you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nobody ever says there will be Tony. True. Big true. Yeah. There will be Tony. Yeah. Well, fellas. About that time? About that time. Yeah. It's time yeah. for what did we learn today? Oh, God. You know what I learned? What'd you learn? What? But I cannot wait to see Hyprochondria in theaters near you coming soon. <laughs> oh, that's good. Uh, mine was from that, that same when we did that. Uh, I learned today that evil has a color, and it's atomic purple. <laughs> Nintendo, circa 1994, Nintendo crystalline purple, or whatever the... I don't know what that it's, means. It's not... It's, it's, it's atomic purple. That's what they called it. And it's not a coincidence that the world went to shit the second we stopped making things atomic purple and see... You are right. It is atomic purple. I thought you were just full of shit. Hell no. I know my shit, man. I, I know because... I, it's not like I was an abused kid. I had Nintendo 64, but I did not have atomic purple controllers, and I really wanted them. I used to look in the Best Buy ad every Sunday. We had a red one. I thought that was pretty fucking rad. It was like the Spider-Man, where the guy has the picture in the frame, and he's like looking at oh, it. Oh, no, that's Wolverine, bro. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's Wolverine. Yeah, he touches it. Yeah. Wolverine. Yeah, it was me, and that was an atomic purple controller. <laughs> <laughs> I learned that we ran out of time to talk about the wire, so we'll have to do it next time. Oh, shit. Yeah. Uh, note to self, talk about the wire. Next We're talking about the wire again. What else could there possibly be? You don't to understand, say Sam. You'll see. I hadn't seen it all the way through. Next I don't time, know how deep our conversation on the talk shop. <laughs> okay. All right, as always, thanks for listening. Uh, appreciate your continue, continued uh, viewership. Uh, we had some good download numbers, so good job, team. Hell yeah. I mean, good compared to not not peak talk shop. So we got some. It's our fault. We're bouncing We're back, back from the grave. Yeah. Yeah, it's true. We're bouncing back from the grave. Like, we're not getting two downloads an episode now. We're Again, we're not at, like, 100, but we're, you know. Yeah. On the, we're, we're an upward trend. We're on the up and yeah, up. We're trending, we're trending the right way. Excellent. Um, But, yeah, as always, tell a friend if you feel so inclined. And new sign-off, stay hard, America. That's right. Stay, stay hard. hard. Rock hard. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Boner pirates. <laughs> Don't sing any songs. Uh, yeah, you beat me. You beat me <laughs> to it. Uh, uh. All right. <laughs> Stay hard. See Bye. ya.